1160 AM KVCE presents Texas Money and Business. From investing your money to running a business, get all the information you need to know on Texas Money and Business. Now here's your host, Ron Taylor. So good to have you on our inaugural show here on Texas Money and Business. My name is Ron Taylor. Kind of a liaison here as we welcome Doug Parker of Ambitious Radio Network. And Doug's a great guy and, and uh, a serial entrepreneur and credit expert. And Doug has been kind of sharing his heart, sharing his story, and really some ideas and, and some real good, great tips for entrepreneurs. And there's a lot that are listening, Doug, that that really are ambitious and, and want to uh, have you know their own business, or maybe they just have great ideas and so forth. And so the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well, isn't it? Absolutely. I'll tell you what, there are folks all the times we do seminars at our church and other things, and you know, so many people they don't want to work, you know, quote unquote, work for the man. They want to go do their own thing and be their own boss. And I joke say I haven't worked for anyone in the last I guess it's coming up on 12 year anniversary wow. um, of totally being my you know an entrepreneur Very nice. and through that process um, I, I, I I work a lot and you know it's it's that's one of the downfalls for me mm-hmm. um, so many people they want to become an entrepreneur so they don't have to work as much or they can work whatever schedule they want to and I jokingly say that I only work half days um, most people think of half days as like, you know, eight to noon or something. Well, my half days are like seven to seven. Hmm. And so, you know, that's <laughs> typical day for me is something like a 10 or 12 hour day. And, and I could probably work a little less than that. But yeah. the old serial entrepreneur in me that if I'm not working on my core business, I'm dreaming up some other idea or doing something like this on sure. a radio show, squeezing it in all my spare time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, the entrepreneur spirit is, is alive and well. And there are some fantastic things about entrepreneurism. Mm-hmm. There are also some pitfalls that can be there if you're not careful. So we'll yeah. talk a little bit about that. Okay. Crossing your T's, dotting your I's, um, the compliance, you know, being compliance minded mm-hmm. typically is is someone that is more analytical. They really thoroughly think through stuff. They, they're they a slower thinker. Right. They process through things. They don't just uh, go guns a-blazing. Mm-hmm. And it takes every type of personality mm-hmm. in order to be effective. If you've got somebody that just is all vision, no details, fast-paced, type A personality, mm-hmm. steamrolling everybody in town, right. the problem is, is there's going to be some T's that don't get crossed and some I's that don't get dotted. And again, that can be very, very devastating in the long run. So mm-hmm. if you're that big vision type person, if you are really not that focused on the details, you need a strong, analytical, structured person on your team. You need somebody to make sure that things are done correctly and someone that's not afraid to push back against your ideas because most entrepreneurs are that kind of type A personality. They're that visionary. They're out there um, really casting the vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 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 a very um, aggressive personality. Yeah. And most analytical people, if you think analytical, you're typically thinking of the person that is an engineer, the person that might be a math math teacher, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Right. And they're normally a little softer spoken. They're they're methodical and thinking through a process. Yeah, they're always thinking. Right. They're always thinking. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. yeah and and yeah. we talked about that a little bit in, in between on the last break right. uh, about how sometimes folks can get analysis paralysis and right. some of those things. And you know uh, that's not the end of the world if that's their role. Mm-hmm. So we talked about surrounding yourself by people that their strengths are your weaknesses mm-hmm. so that you can balance out your rough spots. And then on top of that, let's make sure that, that their voice is heard and make sure that not only is it is it heard, but that they 
are not afraid to speak their mind, that you don't want a bunch of yes men surrounding you doing right. thinking the same way you do because you'll never get anything accomplished. And what you do get accomplished, it could be a problem later on down the road by Very doing good. it that way. Yeah, you want someone that's kind of uh, testing the testing the you know the legs of what you got going on there and making sure that things are nice and sturdy and and challenging you you know with with a few things that have you thought about this? Well, how's this going to work if you don't do this? That kind of thing. And so I think that just kind of helps and strengthens your ideas. Absolutely. You know, I'm the kind of guy that I'll jump up on top of the building and I'll jump off and try to build a plane on the way down because there's a real incentive <laughs> to not crash and you get to the bottom. Exactly. Um, yeah. my, my wife is, works with us and she is that uh, analytical person and, and has influence over me in a lot of ways. And so real interesting dynamic of us working together, but it's, it's a um, literally a marriage made in heaven. I mean, yeah. it's a great personal relationship. But in addition to that, it's a great relationship at work because she really keeps me kind of on pace and on track. And, and yeah. you know, I listen to her. It can cause some frustration from time to time, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that, that extends over because we can't go home from work and get away <laughs> from each other or, or vice versa. But, uh, but that's an interesting dynamic. And, you know, Certainly. one of the things that I, when I was kind of doing some show prep today, I, I was looking up Something I'd heard on John Stossel, one of his shows, at some point in the, in the past, and he had talked about committing a felony. And, and I just was researching, and it talked about um, a couple of different stories. So if you just Google John Stossel committing felony, it has some very, very interesting stories about people that uh, – it, it gives some statistics, something like two or three times a day the average person commits some kind of a felony or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, one of the things it talked about was a student – that was in, um, I guess, in Virginia, maybe at the University of Virginia, and had come onto the school premises, had left some store, and when they were coming back, um, it, there was some folks that jumped on her car and did some crazy stuff and pulled out a gun, and her friend said, get out of here, let's go, and took off. And they went, they called They called 911, said, hey, somebody tried to jump us, they had guns, and we don't know what's going on. Lo and behold, they were accused, okay, because mm-hmm. it happened to be the ATF, and they thought that the 12-pack of what they had was beer. It was sparkling water, so there was not any alcohol at all. Wow. But it was a crazy scenario, and what what they were accused of, though, was hitting a police officer with your vehicle and fleeing the scene of a crime or something like that. Wow. And so, you know, it's, it's things, that's kind of an extreme situation, mm-hmm. but when you look at it, these are just two college girls, you know, driving back to campus. Sure. Well, as a business person, you're making business decisions. You want everything to be as black and white as possible. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes there are shades of gray. True. And you've got to make business decisions on do you feel like that that is in the shade of gray or do you feel like it's black and white? That's where that wise counsel comes in. Right. But, you know, if you've got someone that is a researcher, because in your mind as a entrepreneur, type A personality, you take a glance at it, you go, you know what, looks like this is fine, and you keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. That's where you want that methodical person You assign that homework to them. You let them read it, process it, come up with every way why it won't work, okay? Right. Present that to you. You come up with a game plan on, oh, here's why it will work, and you process through it. Sure. You both take one another's side, and then from there, you make a business decision of, does it make sense to move forward with this now that I have all the facts? Mm -hmm. So many times we make these decisions without all the facts. And, you know, another thing Zig used to say is that people don't change their mind, okay? They make new decisions, with new information. Hmm. So even a type A personality, they may have a little tiny bit of information and they want to pull the trigger and move. Um, Malcolm Gladwell's got a great book called Blink. And in that book, it talks about, you know, about 90% of decisions get made with just blink. You just look at it, you make a decision, that's what you're going to do anyway, regardless of how much information you've got. Right. But that other 10% or 15%, 
there's some serious stuff there. If you just do a little bit more research, you can find stuff out and make a better decision with, with more information. Wow, very good. Doug Parker joining us on the show today. It is Ambitious Radio Network. We want to thank uh, our sponsors, FreeElectricityDFW.com, RepairMyCreditNow.com, and all three, that's the number three, all three reports.com. Great sponsors of Ambitious Radio Network. And Doug, this is great information, uh, great entrepreneurial tips, and, uh, you know, again, crossing those T's and dotting those I's, you know, and, and making sure that uh, the minutia is covered, you know? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No, that's that's great stuff, and that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that um, that entrepreneurism is alive and well, that that spirit is uh, is really getting out there and, and making it happen here in America. I mean, mm-hmm. I tell people, go out there, be ambitious. That's what mm-hmm. it's all about. Right. But uh, there's nothing that will suck the ambition out of you like some kind of legal issues. So make sure that you uh, you, you follow the uh, follow the law. Make sure you cross your T's, dot your I's, and go from there. And so we'll uh, as we kind of start wrapping up today, um, you know, next week we're going to have a guest on the show. It's Brian Flanagan from the uh, Flanagan Training. And, you know, Brian's a great friend of mine. I've known him now for, I don't know, maybe almost two decades. But um, Brian has done several books, different things, The Selling Difference, um, Brian Flanagan on Sales and Motivation, and then um, another book called uh, So Now You're in Sales. And, you know, Brian was with uh, or has been with the Ziegler Corporation, Zig Ziegler's Corporation since 1984. Hmm. He's a motivational speaker and just a genuinely great, great guy. We look forward to having him on the show uh, next uh, next weekend. Tune in. It'll be on Wednesdays from mm-hmm. 10 until 11. That's right. And we look forward to, uh, to having listeners tune in and hear what Brian has to say. And remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Get out there and be ambitious. Now back to Texas Money and Business with your host, Ron Taylor. And welcome back. It is Texas Money and Business. My name is Ron Taylor, your liaison today and the host of your show, Ambitious Radio Network. And Doug Parker is here. And Doug, it's so good to have you here again. We're we're breaking ground in a lot of ways uh, here on this show and something that we can look forward to every week. And it's just great to have you as a part of this uh, of the fabric of this team. It's going to be a great show, and, and uh, we can't wait to, to find out more. I'm really looking forward to this segment, Doug, because it's going to be kind of a get-to-know-you. And uh, this is really, uh, uh, you know, my heart is when I meet people like yourself, Doug, I love to find out and get background because it really brings just, you know, validity in so many ways. And it, and it kind of gives us a, a, almost the best mental picture that we can of, of who you are and uh, why you do what you do so very well. So let's start there. Give us your, your background and, and uh, how how things came, came to be for you so well. Sure, sure, Ron. Well, I appreciate, you know, uh, you guys putting this uh, program together and then uh, talking to me about it and, and getting it, you know, ultimately put together. So I'm, I'm going to be uh, on the show on uh, every Wednesdays, and, and I think there's going to be some other days that will get kind of sprinkled in. But sure. the reality is um, it's the first radio show I've done. So I've, I've got a lot of things over the years that I've thought about, talked about, you know, want to write a book. I've got a lot of notes all over the place and, and lots of ideas, as, as lots of entrepreneurs do. But this is kind of one of those first steps of the pendulum, you know, uh, swinging or the paradigm shift of, sure. of doing something and talking a little bit more publicly about some of the things in life. And so we'll talk about uh, in this segment, you know, just really kind of how I came to be, where I'm yeah. at, where I'm going, what's going on. And I've had some good times, some bad times, and yeah. a little bit every, you know, everywhere in between. But I grew up out in East Texas and I went to uh, went to high school in a little town called Van. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have seen, a, you know, in the last uh, few months there was a tornado out there. So that's the van that, that I'm from. Exactly. And uh, I grew up out there, just a good old East Texas boy, and, and um, you know, made okay grades growing up, but never really thought I was a guy that could go to college. 
And I just, that wasn't something that was really exposed to me. And so hard work has been instilled in me my whole life uh, by my my grandfather, by my dad. And, um, you know, it's just been one of those situations where uh, nobody really gets hurt from a little hard work. I've seen that that it really helps out a tremendous amount. And so uh, when I was growing up, you know, my parents um, got a divorce when I was about seven years old. I think it happens in just, you know, I guess 50 percent of the the Mm -hmm. folks out there. And it's such a just a terrible situation to go through. But it just was kind of that was my normal. And one of the things that I have found over the years is so many people, um, they think that uh, whatever is, quote unquote, normal. And everybody's kind of weird in their own little way. That's just the way that that, that that's their norm. Right. Right. And so I went through that process and, and got the you know, got a great mom, got a great dad, got great relationships with both of them. Matter of fact, we all still get together on the holidays and stuff. And, and it works out as, as good as it could. But uh, but that created some unique situations. So I grew up. Didn't have a lot. I always had, you know, food to eat. I always had clothes, but never had a, a lot of nice stuff as a little kid. But that was kind of, again, what was my norm. Sure. And, uh, you know, I've always kind of been a salesperson. That's come naturally to me. It's just kind of a um, God's gift to me with certain skills and abilities and mm-hmm. talents. And that's one of them. And, you know, one real kind of unique story was when I was a kid uh, growing up, we uh, we lived in Houston for a short period of time, and my grandmother had this big, giant holly tree out in front of her house, and it wasn't a bush. I mean, it was literally a tree that was probably a, I don't know, 15 or 20-foot diameter all the way down to the ground. Wow, wow. And for some reason or another, my, my, my dad and my grandfather decided they were going to trim it up, and it was uh, essentially... Just like a big giant ball all the way down to the ground, right? And they trimmed it up, and and it looked you know more like a tree, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I had this idea. I was like, hey, look, those little things is right around Christmas time. Those little trimmings, um, it's a little holly thing, and some of them had berries on them. And you know what? I bet people might you know might like those to decorate their house with or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. around Christmas time. So I took some of those and I put them in a big old trash bag and, <laughs> and I went from apartment to apartment when I took them home and I sold them for like a quarter for a regular one or 50 cents if they had berries on them. Okay. And that's kind of how my sales <laughs> career started. And that was a, a real interesting deal. And so over the years, wow. I have done all kinds of stuff. I have mowed lawns. I have, um, I was in the car stereo business uh, as a teenager and really enjoyed installing radios and alarms and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was, I worked in a, in a little town called Athens, Texas, and worked there for a couple years as a teenager and and in high school, kind of as I got out, and realized there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for growth. Uh, the owner of the store managed it as well. There wasn't really management opportunities, and felt like I'd kind of gone as far as I could, and I needed to come to Dallas because yeah. that's where you can make some money, is what that's I right. thought. <laughs> and uh, you know, I remember back then, I thought, you know, if I could just make, if I could find a way to somehow make fifty thousand dollars a year. Then I would be set for life. That was like my that was my goal. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I hear a lot of people talk about six figures and a hundred thousand dollars a year. And all, that was not that fifty thousand would do it for me. Yeah. I could buy a new Camaro probably right, and do right. you know different things, and, and that would work for me. Well, <laughs> um, soon after that, I moved to Dallas and and got married. I got married when I was nineteen years old. By the time I'm twenty, I've got two kids, and um, you know it's it's a great scenario here. In just a, a couple months, my wife and I will will be married. Uh, for 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. That's and uh, so we stuck through it through the good times and the bad times. Right. And, and so um, it's it's been a, you know, there's been lots of challenges along the way, especially with an entrepreneur because it is, uh, you know, working crazy hours and all kinds of other stuff. But mm-hmm. um, so so that was just, you know, got to Dallas, went to work at one of the larger car stereo stores that, were, that was in town, mm-hmm. was able to get into management ultimately. Good. And Realized that that $50,000 I was trying to make, frankly, it, it didn't quite pay the bills with 
two kids and a wife that was a full-time student, all those kinds of things. Sure. And uh, and I say that. I mean, it, it paid the bills, but it, it really didn't create any margin. It, it barely paid the bills. Right, right. And, um, and then through a, a kind of a, a freak accident, I was driving down 183 going uh, eastbound. And a piece of wood flew through the windshield of my car. It's about as big as this desk that's in front of wow. us. And for those on the radio, you're, you're not able yeah. to see it. But it was um, about a four-foot by four-foot piece of plywood, about three-quarters of an inch thick. And it flew through the windshield of my car, put a four-inch crease in the roof, and broke my steering wheel, broke my hand, put eight pins in my hand. Wow. And it was really one of those situations where that hard work I was talking about earlier, mm. I legitimately could not work as hard. I couldn't do things like I previously could, and I, I was, you know, slightly disabled for about six months. Wow! And so that kind of caused a really interesting turn of events, where uh, basically, my uh, I called my creditors, and I and I, I've always been a. I feel like I'm a pretty stand-up guy. I called my creditors and said, hey, guys, you know, there's a situation. It's serious. I've got x-rays. I still keep them to this day um, just as a little reminder to me. Sure. You know, I have a major accident, and hey, I want to make it right. I've never been late before. I've got great credit. At, I'm probably about 20 years old this time. Mm-hmm. But um, – Guys, I, I need I need some help. You know what I mean? Can you can you can I send you five bucks a month for three or four or five months so I get back on my feet again? And they said if you can't pay the minimum payment, don't pay anything at all. Mm. And you know, I just you know took the advice that they gave me there. I didn't kind of continue down the path. I was kind of a little beat up and dejected at this point, sure, and, yeah. and um, went through that process. And I guess basically. I've run my credit is what happened, you yeah. know, because I I couldn't pay the minimum payment. And then, you know, hopefully you've never experienced this before, Ron, but I know a lot of folks out there have when people, when you don't pay them, they start calling. Well, then they the collectors start calling. Then it, then they tend to get a little belligerent with you. And, That's right. You know, I, I, I try to be a very respectful person and I don't like to be disrespected. And, and uh, whenever they call you and, and treat you a certain way, it, it does not feel very good. And That's so- right. When I went through that process, um, you know, I made some different decisions and, and kind of just really let a, stuff, a lot of stuff go bad. And in hindsight, my total debt was probably less than five thousand dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. but it could have been five billion dollars. May as well because I, I I didn't have it, yeah. so I couldn't yeah. pay it. May as well. Yeah. And uh, and then that's what ultimately led me into the automobile business. Uh, when I was doing the car stereo stuff, I was working with a, a dealership doing some of their work for them, and mm-hmm. they continued to try to recruit me. And I was like, I don't want to be a car salesman. It's just, you know, it's not something I'm really all that interested in doing. And mm-hmm. um, when I went through this process, I kind of went back to him, was talking to him a little bit. And they said, well, hey, you see that guy over there? He's making X amount of dollars. And that guy that sold your car, you know, a year ago, that's what he's making. And then this guy, he's making this. And I said, well, you know what? Maybe I do want to be a car salesman. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so ultimately, I went to uh, to Honda Cars McKinney. I worked there for six years, only car dealership I've ever worked at. Hmm. And kind of simultaneous to that, I started this credit business. Okay. And so when I was going through uh, doing credit repair, I did a lot of freebies, helping a lot of people out, and, and just going through the process, dealt with a lot of customers that came in with bad credit. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, during the kind of initially working at, at the dealership, someone had mentioned something to me because I had my arm in a cast for about three months, and they mentioned something about, man, you sure are lucky. And, and I'm really thinking, how in the world do you think I'm lucky? Hmm. Well, they said, you know, you're lucky that that board got caught on the roof of your car and didn't just come through at an angle because if it would have, it probably would have just hit you in the face. And, and who knows, would you have lived? Would you have been you know, right. maimed? Who, who knows what would have happened? Exactly. And that that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. It really did because I, I was like, you know, my hand's healed and it's better now and it's not perfect, but it's 
for all practical purposes, mm-hmm. it, it works just fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, through that process and, and going through that, we formed a company that has been an Inc. 500, 5,000 company. We've been on that list. Inc. Magazine, one of the fastest growing privately held companies in America three separate times. Wow. We're very proud of that award. We've sure. won some different things. We were on the SMU Cox School of Business, fastest growing privately held companies in Dallas. Wow. Very good. And um, it's just, it was a, a really, out of a kind of a tragedy, what seemed at the time, something just miraculous happened and God had a certain plan for certain things to happen and, sure. and it worked out and we did really great uh, for, for quite some time. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this because, you know, business people talk about the Inc. 500 and this and making money and, and that's great. We've we've done well. We've we've uh, we've made some money uh, on some things. We've lost some money on some things. And I think our company all together in the last maybe 10 years or so has done about $50 million in revenue. Wow. Not that I've made $50 million, but mm-hmm. our company's done that in revenue. Certainly. And, um, um, you know, that's an accomplishment that not a lot of uh, companies have, have had. True. But the bigger you get, the more exposures out there. That's true. And so, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I always, when I talk to uh, business people, and especially entrepreneurs, they are kind of gunslingers, just moving and shaking and doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if they're not careful, um, they may do some things that that by ignorance or by accident yeah. can cause them problems later on down the road and, and I've and I've had some of that. I mean, sure. I um I ultimately had an issue with the government that I ran into it was about a five and a half year ordeal that it was a conflict between state and federal law and we felt like we were compliant with with everything mm-hmm. and um you know the the federal law they the lawmakers they didn't they didn't really or the regulators I should say they didn't really feel that way. We got with the regulators um, talked to them about it. We got with the legislators, talked to them about it, and there was even a disagreement there. But at the end of the day, we went back and forth for about five years and spent something like $800,000 on attorney's fees. Wow. And I throw that number out because as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. for anybody, that's a lot of money. Sure. But for us, it was it was almost uh, a situation that, that almost took our company down. Mm-hmm. We decided just to settle it and be done with it after five years because it you know, we couldn't we couldn't afford to continue it forever, so we sure. spent another four hundred thousand there. But all in all, with all the different things that we went through and the the uh, fundraising and other things, we, we about one point five million dollars wow. all over something that seemingly was very easily probably fixed in the very beginning if we could have anticipated it was gonna be a problem. Right. But we just didn't see it. Yeah. And we're moving and shaking and growing and feeling like everything we're doing is working and we're on these lists and mm-hmm. everything's great. Mm-hmm. But those are the kind of things that can be a problem. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that sure. again later. But uh, but it's, 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 it's interesting stuff for it sure. It certainly is. Well, I'll tell you, what a great story. In the next segment, we're going to be talking about the entrepreneurship risks entrepreneurs take and how that can impact their credit. And we'll return in just a moment. The best financial and business experts in DFW, it's Texas Money and Business with your host, Ron Taylor. Welcome back. It is Texas Money and Business. I am your liaison, Ron Taylor, the host of the show, Ambitious Radio Network, is Doug Parker. I want to thank our sponsors, FreeElectricityDFW.com, also RepairMyCreditNow.com, and all three, that is numeral three, all three reports.com. And a great, uh, great sponsors. We want to thank their sponsors for the show. And like you said earlier, Doug, without them, 
uh, we're just kind of flapping our gums here. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> Somebody's got to pay for this airtime, and and uh, we appreciate their participation. Certainly. What are we going to do in this segment, Doug? So we're going to talk about entrepreneurism, risks that get taken. You know, there's some risks that are measurable that make sense, or others that can really create wreak havoc later on down the road. And mm-hmm. so you heard me allude to it in the last segment about how I had some issues with the government, and some things popped up, and you know, to be honest with you, that was some of the most you know miserable times of my life was going through that. And, you know, and the Bible talks about, you know, do not be anxious about anything. And and that's it's it's easy to read that. And mm-hmm. whenever you're got everything going on and it's going great, that's fantastic. But whenever you're kind of deep in the valley, you know, not on top of the mountain, then it's a little bit harder to read it and then apply it because yeah. it's kind of like jumping up on top of the building if you're scared of heights and standing on the edge of the wall and saying, hey, just don't be scared of heights. <laughs> you know, it's it's more difficult. Certainly. So, uh, you know, for believers, there's there's some strength there that you can lean on, but it's still difficult. And that's one of the things that 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 we had to go through. And if I could ever encourage anybody, anything is is you know, seek wise counsel. We talked a little bit about that with the book. We talked about it with some proverbs, but in a real setting right now today, wise counsel could be legal. It could be attorneys making mm-hmm. sure that you've got someone that you can count on if you've got a question to make sure that you are compliant with your business. You're following the rules. You're doing the things you need to be doing. It may be a CPA. Make sure that um, you know they, they talk about the only two sure things in life are death and taxes. Well. Um, you know, to this point, everybody's died and everybody's expected to, unless Jesus comes, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> or the next day, whatever. Um, the reality is the hundred percent, uh, situation that's going to happen. The other thing is your taxes. Yeah. You can run, but you can't hide. That's they will true. find you. And whenever you get behind the penalties and the things that are associated with it, uh, can be very terrible. I've never experienced that particular part of it, but it's, I've seen many people that have. And so mm-hmm. get a great CPA, somebody that you can ask tax questions on. If you've got an issue, you want to make sure that you're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Some things can be civil, some things can be criminal, and you just don't want to mess with either one of those. Right. Make sure and pay all your taxes and do those kind of things. Yeah. Um, you, you know, entrepreneurs are typically folks that take risks. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They're out there, again, gunslinging, taking risks, doing this. They they didn't. They were looking for a job when they found this one. They go find something else to do. They're doing this for a few months. They're doing that for a few months. And they're not typically great employees because they they are always trying to make something better, and they don't want to follow the rules and just do it the way we've got it set up. Sure. And you know it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic. If you've got an entrepreneur or someone that has an entrepreneurial spirit, if they can go through and work for someone else effectively and figure out how to communicate and be a great employee, that makes them a great employer too because they get out there and they're doing the things that they do. Mm. However, they know about compliance. They know about these things. They know how to, um, things that need to be done. But what I would say is, is make sure that if you are, uh, that kind of a person and you are entrepreneurial, uh, surround yourself by the right people, uh, make sure that the risks that you're taking are calculated. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be doing things with your personal credit, which so many people do, you've got to, uh, kind of start with the end in mind, look for ways to build business credit while you're doing that. So you can very quickly transition it off of your personal credit Interesting. onto a business line of credit. And there are several ways of doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're interested in, in, and some of that stuff, you know, we, we've got some partners over the years that we've dealt with. You can go to ambitiousradio.com, fill out the contact us, say I'm interested in some of this information on whatever it is, but specifically on this, on building business credit. Mm-hmm. And we'll get you connected with the guys that do that. But with your personal credit, if you have anything over 30%, and you hear me hitting that drum all the time, 30%, 30%. So if you've got a $10,000 credit card, if it has over $3,000 on it, you're going to want to make sure that you pay that thing down 
and never have a balance over three thousand. Not that you run it up to ninety eight hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the month you pay down six or seven thousand dollars. Because when they report the balance, that is not necessarily the date that you paid it off. Wow! So it negatively impacts the score anytime you're over thirty percent. And a lot of entrepreneurs use their personal credit cards right. for all their business expenses, flying here, there, renting stuff, whatever, sure. and they may have the cash flow to pay it off. But as a longer term strategy, you want to get a business line of credit, things like that. And, and there's ways that you can do that. Very good. Um, yeah. And, and another thing is personally guaranteeing. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people will personally guarantee. Matter of fact, it's almost required that you personally guarantee stuff unless you're a big giant corporation. So you want to make sure whenever you do those personal guarantees, whether it's for a credit card with American Express, something like that, mm-hmm. or whether it's a bank loan for a building or a bank line of credit. Almost always you personally guarantee it. They may not report it on your personal credit report on the normal activities, Mm -hmm. but rest assured if you default, it will go on your personal credit unless you've got that um, isolated where it's not on there. So just read Mm -hmm. all those documents. Uh, So many entrepreneurs, again, they're big picture vision people. They see the vision before other people do, but they're not great with details a lot of times. And the devil's in the details, as they say. That's right. That's still very good. You know, Doug, this is such good information. And by the way, uh, Doug Parker uh, on the show today, Ambitious Radio Network and AmbitiousRadioNetwork.com, joining us here on the show. And it's so good to have Doug here. This is great information, Doug. And I think there are so many great uh, entrepreneurs out there that that, that are eager uh, to uh, fulfill that role of entrepreneur. They have some great ideas and so forth. And I think of my good friend Stephen K. Scott, who who, uh, failed seven times in seven major business ventures, failed seven times, one after the next after the next, before he launched his first great uh, great you know uh, c- company and now he's he's doing great and uh, you know just multimillionaire and god's blessed him tremendously he's a great author and a good friend but you know there are so many great entrepreneurs out there but it seems that that uh, they've gone through periods that of, of failure as they begin to, to it's almost like trying to run and get your feet off the ground but finally you start flying <laughs> so, sure well you know, you know that, and it's interesting you say that because one of the things that i found out and, and i read it somewhere that you know something like one out of every 10 businesses uh, make it Mm-hmm. past five years. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not a mathematician. I don't know how to do trig or nothing like that, but I can do basic math pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, hey, if I want to have a couple of successful businesses, I might have to start 20 or 30 of them. And so, you know, in the kind of the intro, you talked about, you know, serial entrepreneur. And, and so what does that really mean? Well, someone that is, you know, just always opening other businesses, maybe transition them off, doing different things. And over the years, uh, you know, I gave you a, a brief bio of my uh, of kind of some of the stuff I've done, but I have either officially started or um, come up with ideas and gotten them in writing and got them at various stages on probably 30 or 40 different businesses. Wow. And, you know, I've had some of them that have been su- significantly more successful than others. And mm. I've had some of them that I've lost almost my shirt on. I got one on today. <laughs> I got a new one on. But um, with that being said, it, you know, that, that entrepreneurism, um, you've got to just kind of keep going and, yeah. and, and keep making it happen. If that's what you really want to do. Mm. I watched a video yesterday and, and I think it was a guy named Art Williams that talked about just do it. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but oh my goodness, this guy talked about you just do it. Yeah. Just do it. And whenever you, what do you got to do? Just do it. Yeah. And yeah. it was a really uh, inspiring thing. I'm not a guy that normally needs a whole bunch of pick-me-ups or anything, <laughs> but man, that thing just got me all excited and just to go out there and, and make it happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's Again, it's easy to do whenever things are going your way, right? but things fail. Prepare for it, and uh, it can be a lot easier to uh, to get those things accomplished. So um, kind of in, in, in wrapping up you know, the, this segment, I mean, there's, there's a couple other things I want to definitely go over. When you're talking about your personal credit, mm-hmm. a lot of times you're, as an entrepreneur, you're... Um, you know, letting someone have your social security number, you're letting them have access to your personal credit reports. There are activities that are going on. Right. Well, 
the more exposure you have to those types of things, the more exposed you are. Mm-hmm. So there are people that work there. There are people that um, you fax stuff over to, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, one of our sponsors is the all3reports.com where you can get a copy of all your reports and those kinds of things. Um, we really recommend that you do that. And and part of the reason for that is because you want to know where you're at. I mean, sure. you don't want to do uh, just know where your credit scores are, you know, every three or four or five years when you buy a car or buy a house. Mm-hmm. This gives you real-time updating if there's a new inquiry, if there are new activities, new accounts that open up. And that's really a big deal because uh, I, I've had lots of times over the years where I've got different lines of credit with banks. I've got different um, uh, loans for uh, buildings and such, mm-hmm. and they pull your credit report annually. And it might be that they that they should be doing an, an account review, but they're doing a what we call a hard inquiry on your credit report. Really? Dings you a little bit. It's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. but I have also had times where somebody has looked at my credit report that they didn't have permission, and I was notified by this monitoring service because of that. So it's good to have that in place. I've never been a victim of identity theft, but there are a lot of folks that have been, sure. and that's a situation that you want to be very well aware of because if you don't look at your credit until three or four years from now, mm-hmm. the damage can be very devastating. So you wow. want to make sure and keep an eye on that because there's a lot more people that have uh, you know ha- have a uh, close eye on that and right. just kind of the uh, last thing I'll say here, uh, entrepreneurs are, they're laser focused um, and and sometimes what that does it creates an environment in which they're not focused on other things. Okay, uh, yeah, so with yeah. that being said, right. um, we'll talk a little bit about that in the next uh, in the next segment and and just kind of how you put strong people around you and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, talking about compliance and various things like that and uh, uh, balancing out your weaknesses with uh, their strengths. And that'll be uh, discussed in the next segment. We're talking with Doug Parker with Ambitious Radio Network here on Texas Money and Business. We'll be right back. The information you need to know, it's Texas Money and Business with your host, Ron Taylor. So good to have you on our inaugural show here on Texas Money and Business. My name is Ron Taylor, kind of a liaison here as we welcome Doug Parker of Ambitious Radio Network. And Doug's a great guy and and, uh, a serial entrepreneur and credit expert. And Doug has uh, been kind of sharing his heart, sharing his story, and really some ideas and and some real good, great tips for entrepreneurs. And there's a lot that are listening, Doug, that that really are ambitious and and want to uh, have, you know, their own business, or maybe they just have great ideas and so forth. And so the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well, isn't it? Absolutely. I'll tell you what, there are folks all the times we do seminars at our church and other things, and... You know, so many people, they don't want to work, you know, quote unquote, work for the man. They want to go do their own thing and be their own boss. And I jokingly say I haven't worked for anyone in the last, I guess it's coming up on 12 year anniversary wow. um, of totally being my, you know, an entrepreneur. Very nice. And through that process, um, I, 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 I work a lot. And, you know, it's, it's, that's one of the downfalls for me. Mm. Um, so many people, they want to become an entrepreneur so they don't have to work as much or they can work whatever schedule they want to. And I jokingly say that I only work half days. Um, most people think of half days as like, you know, eight to noon or something. Well, my half days are like seven to seven. Hmm. And so, you know, that's <laughs> typical day for me is something like a 10 or 12 hour day. And, and I could probably work a little less than that. But yeah. the old serial entrepreneur in me that if I'm not working on my core business, I'm dreaming up some other idea or doing something like this on sure. a radio show, squeezing it in all my spare time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, the entrepreneur spirit is, is alive and well. And there's some fantastic things about entrepreneurism. Mm-hmm. There are also some pitfalls that can be there if you're not careful. So We'll yeah. talk a little bit about that. Okay. Crossing your T's, dotting your I's, um, the compliance, you know, 
being compliance minded mm-hmm. typically is is someone that is more analytical. They really thoroughly think through stuff. They they're a slower thinker. Right. They process through things. They don't just uh, go guns a blazing. Mm-hmm. And it takes every type of personality mm-hmm. in order to be effective. If you've got somebody that just is all vision, no details, fast paced, type A personality, mm-hmm. steamrolling everybody in town. Right. The problem is, is there's going to be some T's that don't get crossed and some I's that don't get dotted. And again, that can be very, very devastating in the long run. So Mm -hmm. if you're that big vision type person, if you are really not that focused on the details, you need a strong, analytical, structured person on your team. You need somebody to make sure that things are done correctly and someone that's not afraid to push back against your ideas because most entrepreneurs are that kind of type A personality. They're that visionary. They're out there. Um, really casting the vision, mm-hmm. and you know it's 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 a very um, aggressive personality. Yeah, and most analytical people, if you think analytical, you're typically thinking of the person that is an engineer, the person that might be a, a math math teacher, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Right, and they're normally a little softer spoken. They're they're methodical and thinking through a process. Yeah, they're always thinking. Right, they're fact. always thinking. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. we talked about that a little bit in, in between on the last break. Right. Uh, about how sometimes folks can get analysis paralysis and right. some of those things. And, you know, uh, that's not the end of the world if that's their role. Mm-hmm. So we talked about surrounding yourself by people that their strengths are your weaknesses mm-hmm. so that you can balance out your rough spots. And then on top of that, let's make sure that that their voice is heard and make sure that not only is it is it heard, but that they – are not afraid to speak their mind, that you don't want a bunch of yes-men surrounding you doing right. thinking the same way you do because you'll never get anything accomplished. And what you do get accomplished, it could be a problem later on down the road by Very doing good. it that way. Yeah, you want someone that's kind of uh, testing the testing the you know the legs of what you got going on there and making sure that things are nice and sturdy and and challenging you you know with with a few things that have you thought about this? Well, how's this going to work if you don't do this? That kind of thing. And so I think that just kind of helps and strengthens your ideas. Absolutely. You know, I'm the kind of guy that I'll jump up on top of the building and I'll jump off and try to build a plane on the way down because there's a real incentive <laughs> to not crash when you get to the bottom. Exactly. Um, yeah. my, my wife is, works with us and she is that uh, analytical person and, and has influence over me in a lot of ways. And so real interesting dynamic of us working together, but it's, it's a um, literally a marriage made in heaven. I mean, yeah. it's a great personal relationship, but in addition to that, it's a great relationship at work because she really keeps me kind of on pace and on track, and and yeah. you know, I listen to her. It can cause some frustration from time to time, but mm-hmm. um, you know that 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 extends over because we can't go home from work and get away <laughs> from each other or or vice versa. But uh, but that's an interesting dynamic, and you know Certainly. one of the things that I when I was kind of doing some show prep today, I, I was looking up. Something I'd heard on John Stossel, one of his shows, at some point in the, in the past, and he had talked about committing a felony. And, and I just was researching, and it talked about um, a couple of different stories. So if you just Google John Stossel committing felony, it has some very, very interesting stories about people that uh, – it, it gives some statistics, something like two or three times a day the average person commits some kind of a felony or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, one of the things it talked about was a student – that was in, um, I guess, in Virginia, maybe at the University of Virginia, and had come onto the school premises, had left some store, and when they were coming back, um, it, there was some folks that jumped on her car and did some crazy stuff and pulled out a gun, and her friend said, get out of here, let's go, and took off, and they went, they called they called 911, said, hey, somebody tried to jump us, they had guns, and we don't know what's going on. 
lo and behold, they were accused, okay, because mm-hmm. it happened to be the ATF, and they thought that the 12-pack of what they had was beer. It was sparkling water, so it was not any alcohol at all. Wow. But it was a crazy scenario, and what, what they were accused of, though, was hitting a police officer with your vehicle and fleeing the scene of a crime or something like that. Wow. And so, you know, it's, it's things, that's kind of an extreme situation, mm-hmm. but when you look at it, these are just two college girls, you know, driving back to campus. Sure. Well, as a business person, you're making business decisions. You want everything to be as black and white as possible. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes there are shades of gray. True. And you've got to make business decisions on do you feel like that that is in the shade of gray or do you feel like it's black and white? That's where that wise counsel comes in. Right. But, you know, if you've got someone that is a researcher, because in your mind as a entrepreneur, type A personality, you take a glance at it, you go, you know what, looks like this is fine, and you keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. That's where you want that methodical person. You assign that homework to them. You let them read it, process it, come up with every way why it won't work, okay? Right. Present that to you. You come up with a game plan on, oh, here's why it will work, and you process through it. Sure. You both take one another's side, and then from there, you make a business decision of, does it make sense to move forward with this now that I have all the facts? Mm-hmm. So many times we make these decisions without all the facts. And right. you know, another thing that Zig used to say is that people don't change their mind, okay? They make new decisions with new information. Hmm. So even a type A personality, they may have a little tiny bit of information and they want to pull the trigger and move. Um, Malcolm Gladwell's got a great book called Blink. And in that book, it talks about, you know, about 90% of decisions get made with just blink. You just look at it, you make a decision, that's what you're going to do anyway, regardless of how much information you've got. Right. But that other 10% or 15%, there's some serious stuff there. If you just do a little bit more research, you can find stuff out and make a better decision with with more information. Wow, very good. Doug Parker joining us on the show today. It is Ambitious Radio Network. We want to thank uh, our sponsors, FreeElectricityDFW.com, RepairMyCreditNow.com, and all three, that's the number three, all three reports.com. Great sponsors of Ambitious Radio Network. And Doug, this is great information, uh, great entrepreneurial tips, and, uh, you know, again, crossing those T's and dotting those I's, you know, and, and making sure that uh, the minutia is covered, you know? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No, that's that's great stuff, and that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that, um, that entrepreneurism is alive and well, that that spirit is is uh is really getting out there and, and making it happen here in America. I mean, mm-hmm. I tell people go out there, be ambitious. That's what mm-hmm. it's all about. Right. But uh, there's nothing that'll suck the ambition out of you like some kind of legal issues. So make sure that you uh, you, you you follow the uh, follow the law. Make sure you cross your t's, dot your i's, and go from there. And so we'll uh, as we kind of start wrapping up today. Um, you know, next week we're going to have a guest on the show. It's Brian Flanagan from the uh, Flanagan Training, and you know. Brian's a great friend of mine. I've known him now for, I don't know, maybe almost two decades. But um, Brian has done several books, different things, The Selling Difference, um, Brian Flanagan on Sales and Motivation, and then um, another book called uh, So Now You're in Sales. And, you know, Brian was with, uh, or has been with the Ziegler Corporation, Zig Ziegler's Corporation since 1984. Hmm. He's a motivational speaker and just a genuinely great, great guy. We look forward to having him on the show uh, next uh, next weekend. Tune in. It'll be on Wednesdays from mm-hmm. 10 until 11. That's right. And we look forward to, uh, to having listeners tune in and hear what Brian has to say. And remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Get out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to Texas Money and Business on 1160 AM KVCE. Tune in weekdays at 10 AM to hear more leading experts giving you all the information you need to know on Texas Money and Business.